Good evening, folks. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good night. I don't know whenever you guys listen to this podcast, but I uh, hope you guys are doing well. And today we're going to be talking about why you should not start a coffee roasting company. Do you regret starting a coffee roasting <laughs> company? <laughs> of course not. Of co- not oh, I thought you were going to leave us out of force. <laughs> of course <laughs> not. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, of course not, but it's insane to think of all the things that we've learned in the last two years. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Like, and and looking back, there's, it's almost like, would you have wanted to know all of these difficulties and technicalities, or would you just want to walk in just ignorance is bliss method yeah i don't know i don't know which one's better yeah, yeah. i yeah there there's a tension somewhere in there but we can jump into that just yeah. shortly once again always tasting some batchy doing a little taste test such a bad idea i should have just went with Surge. a good coffee god i told him like are you sure you want to brew a drip batch brew of a coffee that's roasted literally less than 24 hours ago god. well can't really say much about this sip. I mean, I just don't like it. The smells are not bad, but... Oh, it's like... It's not tasty. It's pretty metallic. It's a nasty mouthfeel. Just so unpleasant. Yeah. Uh-uh. Just not not tasty. It's a bummer. Folks, rest your coffee before you brew it. Yeah. Let it decaf. Let it. I mean, at the end of the day, this is also not a dialed in roast. This was like an experimental cup. But it should not be testing, tasting it's like this. <laughs> it's like, I don't care what no dialed in batch yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey. Am I going to continue sipping on this? Probably. Cause <laughs> I just like sipping in coffee. <laughs> Do I always enjoy oh, my dude, sips? That's devastating. No. That's de- <laughs> I, I need to make oh, some God. data. I need to create a graph of a visual aspect of all the information of how many cups of coffee I actually enjoy. That's true, yeah. <laughs> you won't need a, a big data book. I'll tell you that. The, oh, the back end is so outrageous. It's just like cringy. Oh, God. This isn't the coffee. No, it's not the coffee that I always think tastes like chicken bouillon (laughs) or bone broth. (laughs) Oh, God. We need need like we need like a like a mirror taster like program Mm. where you sign up for like an exclusive group. That's like our just we just send you like just random roasts that we ask for your for your opinion on like a. Don't they have that? Like, uh, I, it's like I guess it'd be like a beta testers. Yeah. Like people yeah, who are like, yeah, who are like, yeah. hey, sign up for iOS like 17, yeah. three months in advance. Yeah. And it's like always crashing and yeah. it gets leaked to the jailbreakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, who, who used to jailbreak their iPhones? I did. I did. <laughs> jailbreaking back in the day was a hot commodity. Dude, I made a whole business about it. It was me Likewise. in high school. That's right. I remember. Like, 
people would give me their iPods, iPod touches, and I would go jailbreak him for a small little fee and mm-hmm. just like little hustling, hustling yeah. in, within high school. But it was scary because you could really mess it up. You can break your phone yeah. or your iPod. Yeah. And it just doesn't turn on anymore. Yeah. That, that was scary. scary. That was scary. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad time. The stakes were high. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, someone can like grab that sample and like of coffee and do whatever they want, repackage it, maybe send it over to someone else. Be like a jailbroken season coffee. Your season your bird. I mean, yeah. yeah, there you go. It would be interesting to have, I mean, that's not a bad idea on a serious note to have a, uh, like, I think you and I talked about it to have a, as a, as owners of a roasting company to have a network of folks for that sure. cup and taste coffee and the reason it would be in, in exclusive is not because we we don't want to include everybody, but so that we can get some data yeah. and some information from someone and be like, yeah, we're all tasting. Like if five people say the coffee tastes roasty, then it probably tastes roasty. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that helps. Yeah. Um, that's much different yeah. than if like one of us says it's roasty and the other one says it's not. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's difficult. That's yeah. difficult because you're like, well, who's right kind of mm-hmm. thing. But if you have a network of people that are like that, so it's one neat idea about owning a roasting company yeah. for you. Yeah. And yeah, calibration, palate mm-hmm. calibration with a specific group of people matters a lot. Yeah, totally. And knowing what other people are tasting because you've cupped with them or you guys are tasting the same coffees. And um, yeah, yeah, that's 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 important. That's, yeah, I think that becomes really, really important when you're, you're roasting coffee, when, um, and how do I say this without, without saying something, not what I mean, um, like when, when you're really trying to aim for specialty craft, mm-hmm. not to say like dark roast is not. But when you're really trying to like play within the tiny margins of what majority of us refer to as specialty coffee, um, where we're trying to trying to hold on to a lot of the volatile uh, yeah. flavor compounds, aromas, when we're yeah. trying to bring out as much perceived sweetness and acidity out of the yeah. coffee, that's what I'm talking about. Where it's um, yeah, it's 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 important to have. Yeah. other people share their their opinion because i mean like even the cupping that we literally just cupped on this table right. like 30 minutes ago yeah. and when we were talking about like a one degree difference that's insane and blindly you and i both blindly agreed that these two bowls of the same coffee taste different we mm-hmm. had for the most part not for everything we agreed on most of the things yeah and it was a one degree difference right that's it's wild. wild. Yeah. And yeah. you're not you're not talking about like one degree difference in comparison to like a shot of espresso pulling one second too long, too short. It's not even comparable. It's like one second over the course of 30 seconds, cool. One degree over the course of 400 degrees. <laughs> Wait, one degree over the course of 400. 400 degrees. Yeah. Like, cause we're roasting, you know, dropping coffees at like 400 degrees. Oh yeah. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? So it's like one degree out of that big number mm-hmm. is a tiny sliver of a margin. 
Yeah, and like you we, know what I mean? we said over the, other... the course of what maybe what our roasts are like nine ish minutes, nine ten, eleven. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like yeah. that's a lot of time to manage small like For one sh- degree, five ten seconds. Like yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, one one hundred percent. It it just gets it gets real wild real fast, and sometimes that one degree depending on what your ROR is when you're dropping coffee, could be 10 seconds. Yeah, exactly. That's insane. (laughs) And if you were to ask me once again, like three, four years ago, if I could taste that, I'd be like, no, come on, there's no way. Whatever, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. Sure, I can taste the difference between a 400 and a 410 roast. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, no, you could taste like a degree difference. Yeah. And 20 second difference. Like, yeah. Not to say wild. one is bat worse than the other, yeah. but it's tasteable. Yeah. Which it just, yeah, it, it, it just gets really extremely diff- difficult. And that's why I think this conversation is so important mm-hmm. is like why you shouldn't start a roasting company because it, it just might save you. Like, there might be, easier ways to get what you want out of owning a roasting company through a different avenue that could save you time, energy, um, stress, all the things that come with running a full, full uh, operation. Yeah. Um, apart from just roasting and, uh, just like what we said, like the difference, those margins are so small, but if we really want to be honest, Number one, we'd say is there's actually a lack of a roadmap in the world. There's literally a lack of a roadmap of uh, roasting techniques, um, like roasting definitives, facts, because you can listen to two very experienced people in in the roasting industry that are trying to go for the same flavor profile to share completely different theories about roasting approaches. Yeah. Yeah, you can find someone who, and the, they would both equally roast tasty coffee. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's insane. I, that, that's the other part is, again, never <laughs> forgetting that aspect that tasty means pretty, it means different to anyone or yeah, whoever, yeah, you know what I mean? It's yeah. pretty sub- subjective. So with, within that, it's like, man, you can follow one roaster, I'm thinking of some names, not going to say it, and you'll get a flavor profile that's, probably nice you'll probably enjoy you've probably bought their coffee before and you know the classic like oh man i like how these folks roast i'm gonna ask them to give me um not counsel what's the word consultation. consulting yeah, yeah consultation and that's great and then after your consultation maybe you know a year after you meet another roaster and you talk to that roaster and they roast this way and you're like oh their coffee also tastes good and it's a whole different perspective on how they yeah. approach a roast. 100%. Like I think for both you and I, we've like I I know I've sat under some other roasters that mm-hmm. had more of the SCA kind of mm-hmm. method of roasting. Um, then we've uh, learned a lot from Scott predominantly yeah. for Mirror, and then we've also like I went through the webinar with um, uh, with Ann Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of them are very experienced folks in the industry who know how to taste coffee. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean? There's that experience, but the approach is so different. So yeah. I think the difficulty and kind of the reminder is like, 
you should you may want to reconsider making those decisions and there's a different way for you to actually be able to roast coffee rather than making that final call yeah. on what style yeah for sure yeah i think um it and it's it just gets really complicated because when you're when it feels like it would be nice to have somebody say this is just wrong universally mhm and there's none of that you're like well well then where do we start where do we go like yeah. e- even like when do i put the beans inside of the roaster yeah totally do i start it at 300 at 400 yeah do i start it at 500 yeah <laughs> you know like like and the, there there's a couple there's a couple pillars that I think a lot of people would That's just a very agree good way on. To put it. Yeah. Like a couple pillars where I think universally most people would agree on. Mm-hmm. Like you don't charge your coffee at 500 degrees. Yeah. Literally, it might disintegrate by the time it, yeah. it, you know your <laughs> roast gets done. Yeah. Um, but that being said, those pillars there's very few of them. Very few of them. And there's way more mysteries and unknowns to achieving a beautiful flavor profile than than most people would like to admit. Yeah. And even sure. the people who say, Oh no, it's black and white. I I I to know this for sure. Yeah. Well, when you have twenty different people saying that about twenty different approaches with equal with, experience. With yeah. equal experience and equally like decent coffee that you enjoy. Yeah things get really confusing and that's hard like as a roaster and we've learned that a lot uh, from our roasting background and experience um, whether from when you had your roasting job to now us running mirror it's it's complicated yeah so going why you shouldn't start well because it's it's just freaking it's a tornado yeah <laughs> you're like totally. it's rough it's totally rough yeah um yeah, totally. I was, I mean, I was going to repeat what you said, but for the most part, it's like, yeah. And I, I wish there was more of a, like, you go to school, get a degree, and now you have everything you need to start a roasting company. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like that kind of pat yeah. down information. Yeah. Um, but there's a, a lot of adventure. And who knows? I mean, yeah, you should reconsider, but maybe the, you want to adventure. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. just, I I would love someone to walk into starting a roasting company with the knowledge of like, it might not go yes. the way it should. Yes. Or and the way you imagine. The way you imagine, yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, we uh, we just can't stress that enough because mm-hmm. it's just so important. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 definitely not easy and to know that. I wish somebody even told me that before. Yeah. Just so I can even be mentally prepared for for what was to come. So, um number 2, I, we would say uh don't start a roastery if you just want to roast tasty coffee. <laughs> Classic. I mean, it's a similar concept as uh man, like I want this barista job cuz I want to own a cafe. Like that concept, it's like, man, maybe you should just be an excellent barista. Like you don't have to own a cafe. Like, you know what I mean? And same thing with that. Like maybe you just should just be an excellent roaster. Yeah. Like and get paid salary. I actually have a friend who owned a roasting company who just sold it, moved on and got a job for a big roasting company and became their lead roaster. Yeah. And he enjoys it. Like he's having a blast. He's still doing what he loves. 
just realize that the other parts of the business, yeah. the other moving like wheels and all of the mm -hmm. elements that you have to actually control and be able to do really, really well in order to roast coffee. Now you don't have to do, you can focus on yeah. that craft. 100%. And the fact that like, it, to be honest, roasting takes up maybe 10 to 15% of the time mm -hmm. as business owners maybe not as a production roaster or a head yeah. roaster as business owners to us, 15% of the time goes to ro actually roasting the rest of the time. It's like running all the tedious and annoying stuff that you have to, you have to do yeah. to run a, a business lot. to keep things running, functioning smoothly. Yeah. And especially when you're starting out, especially when you're small Before you can, you know, hire an accountant, hire a social media manager, hire a marketing team, hire all this, all this, all this, until you can start delegating all those things, somebody has to do it. And chances are it's, it's you yeah. and, uh, until you can get there. And, you know, at that point you're roasting for a small period of time, which is fun. It's exciting. It's great. Mm -hmm. But then you, you're leaving that and then you're doing paperwork, answering emails, Uh, talking, I mean, we'll talk about logistics soon, yeah. but figuring out logistics, uh, sales and kind of all the stuff. And I think people just overlook that and roasting coffees romanticizes like, yeah. nice, I'm going to, all I'm going to do is taste coffee, brew lots of coffee and I'm going to roast. And that's, yeah. that's what running a roasting company is. And it's like, no, yeah, please. You know, I, I think also within that it's like if you've never actually like roasted coffee and i know we've said this probably a million times mm -hmm. on the podcast but the fact is like how do you even know that you just want to roast coffee yeah. like how do you know that like the other side of the story could be like you actually do want to own a roasting company but you don't want to roast coffee like you won't figure that out you won't know that mm -hmm. and if the way you discover that is by starting a company I don't think that's necessary. Like that, you don't have to discover yeah. what you actually want to do within like coffee by starting a company. And there's a lot easier yeah. ways. Go and ahead. you can, it's just, you're just playing with much higher stakes. You're paying, yeah. you're, you're playing with, you know, the time and energy that you're putting in, you're playing with the finances that you dumped into buying, you know, your IR uh, two and a half kilo machine or your yeah. IR 12. You're paying, with a lot of the headache of, you know, health department and inspections and um, logistics and bags and everything, like you're, you're paying with a lot, you know? Yeah. And so it's way easier. You're going to save yourself a lot of time. We say this all the time. Go work for a roasting company that aligns with your core values with what you want to do. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then you'll you'll really find out that do you want to start one or not? And a lot of people would go roast for other companies, yeah. leave and start their own and become successful. Yeah. Great. And our job, like this podcast isn't about talking you out of it. It's just to give you some awareness that, hey, yeah. you don't have to own it to enjoy the roasting process. Yeah. Actually, you might actually enjoy it more when that's all you're doing. Yeah, for sure. You know, putting yeah. this, letting somebody else take care of the stress And just doing the fun parts, that actually might be more beneficial yeah, for you. A hundred percent. Dude, a hundred percent. That's very well yeah. said. Yeah. And I mean, we touched upon like logistics. 
and logistics play a, such a big role in roasting coffee. Um, one thing that I maybe like I under underestimated was how much how how much how how complex the roasting business is mm-hmm. when it's international when you're dealing with countries overseas when you're dealing with countries that are going through different uh you know political um times uh weather climate like um the logistics of just working with depending on a supply chain that goes beyond your borders can get really complicated really yep. quickly yeah, especially when you're trying to stick to your like values like as a company like if you know if if you say you want to source like ethical and sustainable, you know, coffee and in order to do that you have to like directly buy from a farmer. Mm-hmm. This is just a very broad example. Yeah. But if you want to do those things like without considering the actual like climate and I'm not talking about weather, but the general like what's going on in that country. Yeah. Like if you want to do that, but you don't understand that side of it, like how are you going to do that? How are you going to live up to your values? Like how, like we had a situation when um, there was like a political unrest in one of the African countries that we were getting coffee from. Mm -hmm. And it just, we we couldn't do what we wanted to do. We couldn't stick to that commitment. We couldn't stick to that agreement. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily like that we had to back out. Just we had to wait we have to process that. You know what I mean? Sometimes I think the logistics, it's almost, it almost feels too easy. Like, oh, you go online, you find someone you want to source coffee from, you send them an email and it's done. But that's only the beginning. Yeah. You know what I mean? How do you yeah. sustain that relationship when you literally have to have a business commitment with a partner mm-hmm. who is not of the same culture, as you yeah. is not of like the same uh just understanding of economics yeah as your course. country like you have to consider that and you also have to consider that just because you live in the United States doesn't exclusively give you the right to call all the shots and to be able to be exclusively right 100% you know what i mean so yes. there's so much at play yes. because you are part of, like once you start buying green coffee you're literally involved in international trade. Yeah. And to many people, that's that's just not what you think going into this. Yeah. And you're right. Like, I think most people just imagine themselves, which you can do this. Go on Google, type in green beans and hit yeah. buy now and have totally. a pallet arrive at your house. You can do that. But probably for most folks, maybe even listening to this podcast, they kind of want to go beyond a little bit of that. Right. 100%. And I hope we do because I hope we care about the supply chain more than just doing that. Yeah. You know, and for me, a lot of what we're trying to do is really build meaningful long-term relationships with producers in a way that's beneficial for us and for them. Yeah. And it's a partnership. It's a relationship. And that takes a lot of trust. That takes some failures, some mistakes, some wins, yeah. some losses. <sighs> And a lot of problem solving, like what happens when you, fo- even us forward booking a coffee from um, Jorge Mendez in Guatemala and then realizing like it's not coming three, four months later than right. expected because of just international supply chains and logistics. How do we solve that problem? Yeah. You know, like just to know that the problem solving just doesn't end. Yeah. What happens when you forward book and it's not up to quality? 
how do you solve that problem? It just adds another layer of complexity yeah. that you need to be aware. Yeah, of. even like our printed bags, like we, you have to understand something about the culture of the country we're getting the bags from yeah. in order to put in an order to get them on time. Like our bags are coming yeah. from China. Like we have to understand the Chinese New Year. We have to understand their holidays. Yeah. We yeah. have to understand like what they value. Because I mean, no matter what we are basically our, the ball is in their court. Like they're going to make our bags. They're going to print them. They're going to ship them to yeah. us. We can't change any of that. And mm -hmm. we are actually happy about joining. We're happy about this, um, the logistics of this progress system. Yeah. It's great. Like yeah. it's not a bad thing, but it's a matter of like, man, if you don't know and you approach, that, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm just going to find this company, send them a design. I'll have my bags in a month. Well, that's not how it works. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? The logistics of doing that and getting that finalized, yeah. getting the actual product you want. I mean, it's, it's much more than that. Yeah. So long story short, you shouldn't start a roasting company if you don't want to deal yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. It just, that's, that's, that's the reality of it. And, um, that's yeah. roasting 101 for you before we even get to roasting. <laughs> totally. totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Any final th thoughts? Yeah. I, I think there's like, there's actually, it's actually like part of it is, act it's great. It's like, there's a low barrier to entry. I get that. It's like almost anyone, like we said in one of our episodes of anybody can go get a business license and start a roasting yeah. company. That's great. But that's also, I think like a major, major issue that the barrier to entry is so low for sure that, um, the idea, the this like romantic idea of like owning a coffee company yeah. is yeah. so easy to jump in without yeah. actually like processing the amount of damage you can do to yourself, to other people. Mm -hmm. And you can actually not like live out your dream. Like, and I think for us, like yeah. when we know how Agreed. like passionate we are, you and I about mm -hmm. coffee, we know there's folks that are also super passionate about coffee. Yeah, We want you to live out your passions. Like we yeah, want you to live out sure. your goal because we're living it. Mm -hmm. um, so therefore it's not almost like, Hey, just forget about this. Isn't a podcast about forgetting about your dreams. Yeah. This is a podcast of being like considered to make your dreams like a reality. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of what I want to say also is that it's not about, we're not trying to talk anybody out of it, but giving you some padding of like, this is what you should be ready for. So you don't overestimate mm -hmm. and romanticize it way more so that you're war more well prepared or the flip side, you realize like, this isn't for me. Well, I rather realize it's not for me before starting a roasting company yeah. than, than realizing that right now when we're two years in, three years in, yeah. that's even more difficult. So for real, super good. Yeah. Hopefully that was uh, helpful. And I'm sure that was helpful. Like I'm, I, I, in my yeah. opinion, I wish I heard this totally two, three years ago. Yeah. So um, thank you guys so much for watching. Leave a review if you like this podcast. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube if you watch. And uh, send us a DM. Once again, drop something in the comments. Share with us your thoughts and ideas. We always love to hear from you. Uh, but that being said, thank you so much for watching. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Cheers.